everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. The New York Jets have won their first football game in 352 days. They did the unthinkable. They were 17-point underdogs and went to California and beat Sean McVay and Jared Goff on 10 days rest. Unbelievable upset. For better or for worse, a lot of fans ended that game and woke up this morning not feeling well. The Jets are obviously now uh, very, very, very unlikely to get Trevor Lawrence with that number one overall pick. And Mike and I are here to, first off, we're mad. We wanted them to get Trevor Lawrence. That was the best thing for the Jets. But now that it's happened, there are positives that we can take away from it. We can't dwell on this win for days, for months, for weeks. We can be upset last night. We can be upset this morning. You can be mad all week. We cannot dwell on this. We need to look at the positives. And Mike has a lot of positives that we can go ahead and look into. Dude, I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, God. Hear me out because everyone is, is doom and gloom. The Jets are going to miss out most likely on Trevor Lawrence, but not yet. Keep in mind, it's it's very hard to go 0-16. It's also hard to go 1-15 because the Jets and the Jaguars both have some good football players. Like you look around the Jets, the people were saying the Jets are doing a quote-unquote good job of tanking because a lot of the young guys were playing well. Marcus May, Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, Mekhi Becton. The Jets have some good young players. So are the Jaguars. The Jaguars are putting up points. They lost multiple games by two points where they just needed a two-point conversion. Uh, they lost a game by a field goal to the Vikings. The Jaguars can win a football game. They're going to play the Bears. They already beat the Colts, who they're playing in Week 17. So they literally can win. Um, now, Trevor Lawrence is probably not going to be a Jet. Whereas you woke up yesterday, Saturday, Sunday morning, and you thought Trevor Lawrence was probably going to be a Jet. Things change quickly in the NFL. The Jets, people, fans were saying Sam Darnold is done. The book has been closed. It's over. I don't think that's the case, especially with the struggles of Justin Fields recently. I think there's, at this point, the best chance that Sam Darnold's going to come back and be the Jets starter since, I don't know, week five or six. Mm-hmm. So... I and we think, wanted that. We yeah. wanted that. To, to be fair, we said, look, we want Sam Darnold to be the guy, which was a fair take through most of the season because Sam has not performed well this year. But when Sam last year improved on his rookie season, went 7-6 as a starter, threw for over 3,000 yards, 62% completion percentage, was the savior of our franchise, all of a sudden it, it, now there's no chance he could be the, the guy. You know, yeah, I think Joe Douglas from the beginning of this year envisioned Darnold being the 2021 starter unless something catastrophic happened and they got the first overall pick. And they literally, it was that was it. That I think that was the mindset. Now, if Fields continued on his first three games where he was at that time 11 touchdowns, no picks, had like a 90% completion percentage, like eight, I think it was yeah, like eight completions or whatever. One yeah. game was over 90, then he had 84, 85. If he continued on that trajectory, Fields would be the number two pick. When you play Northwestern, Indiana, and you look, I think he had two touchdowns, five picks in those games, under 200 yards. It's not something that you would give up on number three overall pick a few years ago when you give him Adam Gaze, you give him all the shit around him. 
Now, Zach Wilson is a very intriguing option that a lot of people are talking about. If you think, if you're Joe Douglas, you think he has the arm talent of Mahomes and he can bring you to the next level, I understand that pick. Now, I do want to clear the air right now and right here. You can be upset that the Jets lost that game or won that game. To go after players on social media and reply under their Twitter that they're excited they won the game and bash them, you're a loser, a certified loser. It is unbelievable that you not only attack Mekhi Becton, who you've been praising all year, for doing good, and he does good again, and they end up winning, and now you're going to shit on him and then tweet at his mom. It is unbelievable <laughs> that I think there's a lot of people on Jets Twitter who are like 14 years old, and they think it's funny, and they go at it. I made a funny joke during the week at Connor McGovern when he was like, you're eating potato chips and you're watching games, drinking beer. I said, hell yeah, we are. I mean, that's most of the fan base. I'm not saying McGovern <laughs> isn't a great player or a good player and doesn't want to try to win. To go after a win and reply to them is a very lame move, and there was way too much of that last night. Be mad at me. Be mad at Mike. Be mad at each other. We are in a tough spot right now after winning that game. We should be angry together without being mad at the players. I, it, it's unbelievable that we have to address that. Well, the problem is people are saying the Jets are so stupid for winning this game. Of course, it's frustrating because it's more towards the end of the season. But this is a tough year to have the first pick. You have to go 0-16. Again, only two teams have ever done that. So people are like, classic Jets. Okay, so if we literally don't go 0-16, it's classic Jets. And then if we go 0-16, it's classic Jets. And then you lose to the Raiders in the last second. Oh, you guys can't even win. You're so embarrassing. Right, which you, one is it? Then you win a 17-point underall game. Oh, you guys are so embarrassing. It, it, when you're this bad, I get why every situation is a lose-lose. I get that. And to get rid of all that, you get the number one overall pick, you take Trevor Lawrence. Mike made a good point. If this win were to happen, we, it would be a lot more bearable if it happened in week 10, week 9, week 8. And then over that time, Darnold played pretty well. We'd have a different feeling right now. The fact that it was on this type of game, Frank Gore getting 23 carries, having a big first down to end the game on a catch, it, it isn't the recipe where you want to win. You want Darnold to go out there, and he did have a good game, but you want him to go out there and go 310 yards three touchdowns, no picks. It's tough to do that against the number one defense in the Rams. And Jalen Ramsey, you didn't even hear his name on the broadcast yesterday. He played so dominant. And a, a big reason why Mims and Perryman combined for four catches and 39 yards. But this team played hard. You can't ask them to lose. They outplayed a 9-5 and five or 9-4 Rams team at the time. We have to look back and say what happened, happened. We cannot control that as fans, and now we need to do the best thing moving forward for the franchise. And there are a lot of options on what the Jets can do now moving in the offseason. Oh, my God. There's, yeah, everything has changed. Again, I, I'm actually surprised at the number of people on Twitter saying that, hey, look, let's move forward with Darnold because it seemed like the last few weeks people were just done. And that's why I had to keep telling myself, I'm like, I believe in Sam Darnold. I was always happy. I was a Sam or Trevor guy. At first, I was a Sam guy. And then we had to take early in the season that if, you know, it was too early for people to be calling for Sam gone and the Jets to tank when the Jets are 0-3 and a month before that, Sam was considered the savior of the franchise. We said, wait till week 10, week 12. The Jets are still struggling. Let's have the conversation. We had the conversation. We had a taste of Trevor. It's being pulled away. We still have Sam. We were So then, at first, we're Sam guys. Then we're Sam or Trevor because it makes the most sense for the Jets. If I, I'd much rather have Sam Darnold than, than one of the consolation quarterback prizes in this draft. This is not 
similar to the 2018 draft class where there were four guys who were all highly rated and Lamar Jackson and no one knew who was going to go where, you know, if the Jets don't get Sam Darnold, we'll take Baker. If they don't get Baker, they'll take what uh, Josh Allen, something like that. It's not like that. This, we don't have to force with the second pick, you know, taking one of these quarterbacks. I'm happy with Sam going into next season. I understand he's not played well this year, but like we said before, the Adam Gase, even this game where the Jets won is a microcosm of why Adam Gase is just doesn't won't ever develop a quarterback correctly because what he wants to do, and he said it, he's been open with it, is get a bunch of third and shorts, methodically run the ball, and then convert some of those third and shorts and win 23-20. So he did. Frank Gore, 23 carries for 59 yards. He got two, two yards, three yards, two yards. Third and four, Sam was actually was able to convert this game. He threw for 207 yards and a touchdown. He managed the game fine, but they're not going to open up the game. They're not going to, you know, Sam's not going to throw the ball 40 times and put up 320 yards with this piece of shit. So You're with right. the, with, when people say, the reason I'm going into this is that people are going to be like, how are you confident with Sam going into next year if, he, you know, he has six touchdowns, nine picks, these stats. And it's because he was, he's not unleashed at all. Can you on audible? I have two things on, on Adam Gase. One, Ty Johnson's first drive was very active. The Jets marched down the field. After the first drive, had two catches and ran the ball one more time. So very interesting that after a good first drive with young talent, you don't continue to go to him and see what they have. And two, he actually used Herndon a little bit. A little bit. So with three catches for 48 yards, he was targeted in the end zone, um, which great defense, good throw by Sam. Herndon on the day, three catches for 48 yards. Crowder, you know, six catches. Interesting offensive day. Darnold did enough to win the game. I would have liked if they won for Darnold to do a little bit more. I thought Darnold actually played really well, and I'll tell you why. He made all the throws. First of all, he was very calm. He managed the game nice. The first drive, they clearly had a plan. They're going to throw the ball in the flat, get it out quick, not let Aaron Donald wreck the game. And he still pretty much did. Aaron Donald had 10 quarterback pressures, according to Michael Nania, which is insane. The most by a player this year actually tied with JFM, John Franklin Myers. Um, but he was very calm, and I, I thought Sam went through his progressions very well. He took what they gave him, but then he made a couple of really nice throws. He made the beautiful throw to Herndon over the middle mm-hmm. to, the, to the right hash. He made the gorgeous throw to Berrios in the end zone that Berrios dropped. The other throw to Herndon, uh, they did, uh, you know, Herndon got the ball down to like the seven-yard line. Sam threw it to his left, uh, and Herndon made like a – falling down catch was another beautiful throw. I thought Sam threw the ball with conviction. He threw it. He threw the ball. Well, uh, his feet looked good. He looked normal. Like he looked pretty solid yesterday and he had a chance for, to throw more touchdowns, but you know, the jets ran it in with Gore from uh, a couple yards out. And, uh, and like you said, they, they targeted Herndon in the end zone, but the guy, Troy reader made a nice play. I liked what I saw from Sam today. I thought he's very, you know, but, but there's just a limit to what you're going to do statistically in this offense. Right, and, and they don't capitalize off both turnovers. They had first and goal from the seven, don't score a touchdown there. Darnold, outside the numbers, completed 90% of his passes. It was the most in the NFL. I think it was tied for the most this year. So Darnold played well. Uh, I, there's no denying that. Mike, to your point, he could have had even more touchdowns if they actually threw the ball and made effective plays in the red zone. But now that we have, if we want to say, you know, we had the number two overall pick, I think there are four things that you can do with that pick. Only four. I think you use the pick, you take a quarterback. 
option one. You can take Fields. You can take uh, Zach Wilson. You could also keep the pick and take a tackle, a wide receiver, or an edge guy at number two. You can trade back with a team who's looking to trade up for a quarterback or and take someone else, or you can trade back for a team looking to take up a quarterback and then take a quarterback of your choosing later in the draft. All four of those are very possible. I think Mike and I are going to have the same take on what to do. Mike, feed me your take. If you had number two overall right now, what would you do? And it may change over time, but gut feeling right now, what do you think? I think the Jets are going to probably trade back. And the only thing is, it's a shame that the Bengals are almost certainly going to take Sewell if Mm -hmm. he's there, Mm -hmm. because then I would really definitely trade back. But if you're going to pick at two, I would take Sewell. If not, I'm trading back because there are a lot of talented receivers in this draft. Um, I don't think any of the edge guys are as, you know, high profile this year to go number two. You haven't really seen that. So if you're going to pick at two and you want to make a, well, that's the thing with Trevor again. So no, no Trevor, right? Let's if we have the two pick, we don't have Trevor. Mm -hmm. You do get to use the second pick on an incredible asset. People are forgetting that this is the second pick of the draft is usually crazy guy. Like, holy shit, you have the second best guy out of college, some fucking maniac, a tackle who's going to play for 15 years and be a Hall of Famer. You can take the most re- – no receiver usually goes number two, some crazy receiver. You could take one that certain corner. You could take a crazy edge rusher, trade back and get a boatload of picks. Right now, I would take Sewell at two, or I would be happy if they trade down and, and get a bunch of assets. And you were going through some scenarios of possible – yeah, you could trade back with Carolina, who potentially be picking from four to seven. You could also trade back with Atlanta if they're looking to move off Matt Ryan. I think the tricky thing with the Jets is, to your point, Gregory Rousseau is a Miami edge rusher who is going to go top 10, but is he worth that second pick? If you trade back, you can take him there, and you can get a future one and two twos maybe from Carolina. A tricky thing is, and I hate to go back on it, if you take Jack Conklin last year, this decision is much easier if you have Conklin and Beckton as your two tackles. You can move back and get a guy, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Gregory Rousseau, Patrick Sertan, who is a cornerback from Bama. You can do all those things. Now, what I need to get off my chest, and I've seen way too much of it, too many fans want to take a wide receiver with a Seattle pick and go after a number one target in free agency. Too much. You can't do it. because we have too many And Douglas knows you can't do it. So I'm not afraid of that happening. But if you take Allen Robinson in free agency, you give him a big deal. And you take Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Crazy receiving core, right? A-Rob, Bateman, Crowder. Then you have Mims as your, what, fourth receiver who's not even going to start, who you just took a second round last year. You have Jeff Smith, Vincent Smith, Lawrence Cager. Like, you have depth guys who are okay, but are you really going to have four quality pieces that you took in two rounds and above and gave a ton of money to? I don't think well, you can do the, it. The one thing people could say is you could cut Crowder, which is not unheard of because Crowder's going to make 11 million bucks next year. But at that point, I'd rather just maximize our assets and not do that. That's a good point. And, and A-Rob, Mims, and Bateman are all three outside receivers. So maybe yeah. it's just tricky how they would go ahead and do that. I agree. I doubt that they're going to use a premium premium pick on a receiver and dish out you know $60 million, 35, 40 guaranteed. I have um, a, a weird take, and I think this is what the Jets should do. I, If the Jets do what I, I'm about to say, I think Sam Darnold's going to have a, an unbelievable year. If you take Seawall at two, 
and Wyatt Davis somehow falls to pick number 23, hypothetically, to Seattle. Your line would be Mekhi Becton, Wyatt Davis, Penny Sewell, and Connor McGovern. In that scenario, you probably pay a receiver big. You might also have money for Joe Thune. That offensive line then becomes an automatic top 10 tier. You have elite players at three to four positions on the O-line. It's hard to ignore that offense with Darnold there. Your defense still has not been addressed in that scenario that you can also address with the top two pick in the second round and throughout the draft because Bryce Hall played great yesterday. So if, if Joe Douglas wants to build the wall, which I do think he will, Seawall is going to be the pick at number two. Yeah, and by the way, again, you're going to have C.J. Mosley anchoring that defense next year. To anyone who says that the Jets are not going to have C.J. Mosley, it doesn't make much sense. The guy is guaranteed $31 million more million. I don't think the Jets are going to you can't. move on from unless somehow there is this truth to this rumor that the Jets are going to be investigated for malpractice of you know these guys' injuries, but I doubt that. I severely doubt that. You just, it can't be real then because you, then you're paying Adam Gase's salary – um, you're paying Tremaine J- Johnson $12 million next year. You're paying Mosley. You're paying Le'Veon Bell. Like, all these things you're paying as an organization, only three of them actually affect your cap. But I don't think the Jets want to be a part of a team who's ditching out upwards of, like, $35, $40 million next year to people that aren't in the organization. I don't think it makes sense for Mosley to go anyway. you got to hope he can return to form. Even if he's just a above-average linebacker, it's better than having – guys that are unproven out there. So I I think there's a lot of positives ahead is what me and Mike are getting to. Be upset about not having Trevor Lawrence for today, all week. But I'm, I'm telling you, if they don't get the first overall pick, I don't want to see week five of 2023, people still talking about Trevor Lawrence. I, it's going to be a thing we're going to look back on. And we're going to, when he becomes great, it will be upsetting, but then we have to root for our guys now and know that we probably should have won a fucking game against Oakland anyway. The game was handed to us, so how many times do we want to play would have, could have? You know, they should have beat the Patriots. I don't think... Of course, it was on the last second field goal, and that drive was so stupid by the Patriots anyway. So the only thing that can really be horrific for the New York Jets, and I mean truly horrific, is if you went out and the Bengals lose out and you get the third pick. That would be truly horrific. But... I don't see that happening. Um, I think what's going to happen, the Jets will pick at two. Mike made a great point. The Jaguars have been playing tough football. The Bears have been hot. They can easily cool down. They, they already beat the Colts earlier the year. And Gardner Minshew is not a bad quarterback. They just got bumped by a, a good Ravens team that was playing hungry. And that's what happens. And I think that's it. We'll be back later this week probably. Mike, always a pleasure talking to you, bro. Glad that we can bring some positivity to the tough day yesterday. Dude, of course. Let's uh, keep moving forwards, and we can only go up from here. All right. Thank you for listening, boys and girls, and, and we'll talk soon. Take care.